What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Podcast presented by the Fan Sided Network, and we've got a lot. But this October is my favorite time of the year. There's no time better to be a sports fan than October. NHL hockey's back. Ooh, I'm gonna say June. I'm gonna say maybe April. April. Like NCAA, NCAA, NCAA tournament time. That's true. NFL free NFL draft slash free agency. Uh, playoffs for basketball and hockey. Mm. And so those are probably the two that that kind of co- coincide as like the two best times to be watching sports. The beginning and the end, not the middle. No, never, yeah. never the middle. Because right now we got TFC playing New York City FC. They're up one nothing. Uh, no longer a double leg, so pretty much you win. Your the other team gets eliminated. You remember a couple of weeks or a couple of years ago when TFC had that game against Montreal? Yeah, I remember. Oh, I was that in was school. awesome. And somebody wrote like every single outcome that TFC would need to have, and it was like on aggregate they'd need to score like four to one just to win, and well, they ended up winning. Well, because they they that game I remember they were down three nothing, but then they scored like one or two goals that helped them on aggregate because away goals I thought it was were three four. one. I thought they got yeah. an away. Goal. Yeah, and then they and then they absolutely destroyed. And Sheru scored in like the ninetieth to push them through. Yeah, on the header. Now he's their assistant sporting director. Yeah, he, he works, retires. He works in the team. I know that. Yeah, that's what happens when you have a moment like that. I guess. Yeah, you have a job for life. Yeah, and those those were actually, I think the best kits they had was when they oh, won. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, pretty 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 top with notch the, with the black sleeves. Like, I yeah. think the jerseys yeah. now are way too much red. And they were those kits were striped as well, like a uh, different color red stripe down the middle. Yeah, they were nice. But the other reason why we also <laughs> like it is October because we got the World Series, so we've got the uh, the Astros and the Nationals. N- n- definitely not the World Series many thought would be the World Series heading into well this year. It's not like they're the Rays and Marlins, but yeah. <laughs> and then you've got. No, the NBA is back. 
after last night. Well, well, let's touch on that quickly before we get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, which is the Leafs, because they're, they're the highest talk, pretty much the to- talking point of the town right now. But how about those Raptors? Let's let's also let's first talk about those rings, which are probably the nicest championship rings I have oh, ever seen. You oh, they're beautiful. Just the all gold looks so nice. So apparently, see, th- these are days where I, I, I miss not being at the office. Apparently, they brought in a ring to Sportsnet, yeah. and uh, a bunch of guys got to try it on. Everyone so, I know from 590 had a picture with it up on their social. That's fantastic, you know. Just, Sorry, Dave. Twist the knife in a little. Oh, you know, just a little. So then I tried to go buy one of those $20 replica ones that Austin bought. Yeah. Um, the yeah, site, I, I hit add to cart, go to checkout, site crashed, try it again. Oh, look, sold out. Yep, you same go, thing happened to me. Did you go to the ring? Like, I bought no, it. No, they, they were they were taken off the website because I think yeah. they, they were sold out. They ran out. So then, so, yeah. yeah, our buddy posted it in our group chat. And I, like, while the ring ceremony was going on, I was putting in an order for them before they, I they put a commercial on after the ring ceremony happened while they were doing shoot around. I should have told to you announce to announce it. I should have told you to buy one for me before you bought it. Yeah, my that's my bad. I should have fucking. Put it well, I mean, it's one. not you. You'd expect that I would have just done it as soon as I had the chance, but. Well, that's what I. That's what I thought our buddy was gonna do because he's the one that posted the link, and then he didn't order his till like the fourth quarter. So I was like, oh, it's, I felt bad. I would have ordered something for everyone, but I dropped the ball. Yeah. So, not only did I miss, so now we go and try to find one online. $500. Somebody put out one out for $500 on Kijiji for a ring that was given away at the at the opener. So the exact any, same ring I paid $22 for. That's including shipping. Yeah, cuz you're that that website had a free shipping. Real Sports, yeah. I think the shipping was 10 bucks. So, even yeah. if you spend maximum 30 35 bucks, these MLSC. these stupid ass people who went to the game and was like, oh, I can make some money off of this. Thought, yeah, let me let me sell this ring for five hundred dollars. Oh, it's 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 the same everywhere. People do that with bobbleheads all the time. Yeah, I don't I don't need that. Look, for five hundred dollars, I can get the a, a pretty decent replica of that ring. You, you might be able to you might be able to get a pond ring championship ring like a staff ring for like two grand i think the no i think they're 1300 bucks i know some people who work at mlsc i then you could buy a ring for 1300 what, what they're i would get that with. canadian <laughs> yes jake so it would be what so like, like 500 bucks i was gonna say like like uh <laughs> 40, like 44.99 american yeah <laughs> i mean if if i was a diehard raptors fan waiting for that ring for so long i'd probably go out and buy a really really nice ring like if the least thing with this is there's just so many people that are diehards that want that ring that couldn't didn't want to pay five hundred dollars for a nosebleed ticket to the game that they're just trying to capitalize on it and that happens i mean yeah like if the Leafs were to ever win a cup i'd probably get the ring if they had that option i've i've got the marley's ring sitting in front of me and it's like these replicas are no joke no, they're nice. They're, I have one. They're not. They're not plastic. This thing's like. This thing's got weight to it. It's just the jewels are fake. I mean, I'm in my office right now as we're doing this because we also have a, we we have video set up. We don't post our video unfortunately just because I don't record it. But somewhere in this office, I have my Argos one that I got because yeah. I'm covering the Argos and they gave one out to the media. I don't know where I put it as I try to open up my. Oh, look at that. Austin, There's just, mine. Just... I don't know if it's any, if you can see it from where I am, but it's got blue diamond, like blue fake diamonds in it, and it shines really nice. So, I mean, for $20, you definitely look the part. But, yeah, $500, hopefully nobody gets scanned into that on eBay because that's a damn shame. But, I'd pay, I mean, if I, were to, I know what that person's doing. If I, yeah, if I'd want one that badly, I, I'd look to spend maybe 40 to 50 bucks. But that's it. I would not when, be... Going all to get it. So, really nice rings. The diamond, like the fact that how massive it is, the diamonds, the design. Um, some people said maybe it's a little too much with all the numbers of the players no, around it. No. But it's, it's a championship it's, ring. It's That's the whole point of championship rings. They're supposed to be extra. They're big and annoying. Did you see the one they posted of the 
side by side of them and the Leafs 967 cover. <laughs> they showed that it looks, it looks like a graduation ring. Yeah, it was hilarious. I could oh I could only imagine what the Leafs ring would look like if. Uh, oh, it would be ridiculous. It'd be very. Right, I'm not I'm not good with um, colors, but blue sapphires, right? Yeah, they're probably they probably use like enough sapphire, sapphires yeah. that there would be a sapphire shortage in the world. So, in, Jake, there was a NFL exhibit for the 100th anniversary uh, in New York, and they had yep. championship rings from all the Super Bowl teams. Yes. And the Cowboys ones, I like. You look at the Cowboys Super Bowl rings versus like the Raptors. Back in the nineties. Back in the nineties. Right? Yeah. It's ridiculous. And, and Kyle Lowry played a big part in the design. We all know that. He said he wanted this ring to be bigger than any ring in the NBA, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, that's why they went with this jeweler. Apparently, there were three different jewelers that were bidding, or like, not bidding, but before pitches for the design. And Baron got the, uh, wanted because of the size of the ring and, the, and all that stuff. So, good on them for making the money. I don't yeah. know how much. Yeah, they're going to make it back. It's not even going to matter for, what, 40, 50 rings they had to make for the entire staff in total? Or well, 30, 40. okay, so this is something I, I know that the players get one set of rings. I think the coaches there's, have... There's five tiers of rings. Jake, why don't you... Uh, I, I, I'm uh, not as... They, everyone Josh down Lund, to the... Josh Lundberg talked it about it. Yeah, Josh Lundberg talked okay. about it. It's like, there's five tiers of rings. Like, tier one is just the players. Then there's, like... Larry Tannenbaum, Masai Ujiri, uh, the Nick Nurse and, and Bobby Webster, and then tier two is like assistant coaches, uh, trainers, and stuff like that. Yeah. Then like tier three is gonna be lower level employees. Then probably like Nav and someone like that. Oh, Drake definitely got a tier one ring. By Did the you way, you see you see Drake's rings. He got a special <laughs> one. He had a he, go, he, go on his Instagram. He had two, so he had. He the, has a custom one. He has a custom one that his jeweler made, and he has the actual championship ring. <laughs> and his uh, his championship ring on the on the name side, it just says the boy. And uh, TFC <laughs> just got scored on. He does he does things yeah. that are so funny, but pe- you can like <laughs> tell why people hate him. Yeah. Oh, NYCFC scored. Yeah, you just said that. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Oh, uh, not good to have a game plan oh, while you're trying to do a podcast. I'm gonna shut it off. Just I don't eh, do that. I'll to keep you. it on. Text the group. I'm not watching the TV anyway. Um, I'm just imagine for like because we were talking about anthem singers. You just imagine Martina Ortiz Louise with one of those big ass Toronto Maple Leaf rings on. She's like 17, isn't she? Yeah, she's 18. This thing would be half the size of her hand. Yeah, she's old enough to vote now. Remember, like I just remember when. So she's been with the team for what three years, three four years. And I I thought when she started she looked like she was eleven. She she got her braces off. I think that's the big thing why she looks older now. Yeah, helps. Yeah, she did look she did look really young when she had the braces. Everybody does. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was your main takeaway from the game itself? My no, the ceremony was was pretty well done, but the game itself I found that to be pretty entertaining, even though. Just imagine how much more entertaining if Zion Waltz, Williamson was playing in that. Yeah, one. I was pretty upset that he wasn't playing in it. Although they probably would have lost if Zion was playing. They would have just been forcing it to him the entire game. Yeah, I mean, uh, st- like the couple observations I had are, my God, the Raptors have so, so long to go to get a proper rotation again. They use like seven or eight guys. Yeah. And the eighth guy was an undrafted rookie that they Terrence or, or second rounder. No, he was undrafted. Terrence Davis was yeah, undrafted. Un, Terrence Davis undrafted. So he Juan actually, he actually looked best. really good. I am excited to watch him play. Um, Pascal Siakam had probably like the quietest like thirty six eighteen and six game I've ever seen. <laughs> Fred Van Vliet was uh, unbelievable. He's the reason they won. Yeah. He like. There's some guys who are not superstars, but just have a knack for hitting like super tough shots and clutch shots. He's just one of those guys. I can't believe they didn't drop a play for him um, at the buzzer beater, but yeah. I mean he made up for it, and they ended up actually covering the spread, which is 
just awful if you are betting on the Pelicans. They they basically had the game won with four minutes left and ended up not even covering. Yeah, that's a, that was a little. See that. But, um, yeah, I, I thought – I liked OG. I think he, you know, as a he looks level. He looks so much more comfortable. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious that he's just a lot healthier too, but – I'm excited for him too. I think he's he could have a really big year as well. The one thing they're gonna also struggle with too is is getting the three pointer going. Like they're gonna have nights like where they're they're gonna be on fire. They're gonna have those twenty makes, but I think you're gonna see them have those struggles too. I, I think you know unless Fred can carry the load. Like I don't know if Kyle's gonna be able to hit the threes like we think he can. Uh, I think he will with like regularity. I think He's not one, just going to be a killer from three. The one player that also was disappointed me offensively was Gazal. I mean, I don't expect him to be the main catalyst, but yeah. the guy, the, the guy, basically played eleven months last year. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't really have, I didn't really have that high expectations anyway. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. It should be a fun year. I, I still think they win like high forties, low fifties. But yeah, we'll see. They, they have a lot of room to improve their rotation though because like not surprisingly Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson didn't play a second neither did Matt Thomas but that was pretty obvious after Nick Nurse's comments when he basically just said their defensive um, mentality was trash oh my god they they were just like he's just like nope not good enough awful yeah you can tell Nick Nick Nurse won a ring eh? yeah exactly I was like oh okay uh, things he would not have said last season for 500, Alex. Yeah, so let's segue from one coach who, uh, who people like to a coach that nobody likes right now. Or let's say a majority of people <laughs> do not like right now. Boy, does Mike Babcock have a big target on his head. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, the last two games have certainly been rough. Let's say the last three games have been, even four games have been rough for the Leafs. Uh, fortunate to get I think the whole season outside of the season after ever since that Montreal game, it's been tough. Yeah, it looked like they were laughing before that. Yeah, they probably were. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly, they were literally laughing. Ottawa, Columbus, and Minnesota were the only games where they actually looked like the Leafs you'd expect. I didn't Columbus even think aside, so. It's just because just because they won, I thought I actually thought their best their best game was um it it might have been that uh that game against was it, it wasn't Minnesota it might have been Montreal where they're just dominant for like a period and a half and then they just went to mm-hmm. hell. So I, I don't know. I'm getting really tired of just the the fact that they are being killed by the same thing every single time so this is my question here i watched that game i watched david pasternak absolutely embarrass austin matthews a night after pierre luc dubois absolutely embarrasses austin matthews and i'm thinking to myself okay that's not good but is that more on austin matthews or is that more on mike babcock some it's I'm going to say it's like a 65-35 split. It's more on Matthews because there are times where he just doesn't look like he's even trying or even cares. Yeah. And then the back-to-back situation. Uh, that's been that's been an absolute joke and a half. This is their, what, fourth back-to-back? Yes. Yeah, it's just the principle of us having to play this many back-to-backs is ridiculous. And guess what, not, guys? Not even like we have another back-to-back, season, too. But, like, in this small amount of time is the is the problem I have. This week alone, the Leafs have four games, and they're a pair of back-to-backs. They had, going into that Boston game, it was three games in four days. Yeah, and you wonder why they gassed out. Gassing out, not even really having the, the amount of time to practice, too. As they soon as Boston scored that goal last, like the goal in the third period last night, it was like you knew it was over. The they just yeah. weren't skating. Also, they couldn't like, skate; they were gassed. They just have so many issues. I mean, it was effort. It was like defensive. Um, like it, they just seem so soft defensively, and goaltending. He looks. He just looks so shaky. Him handling the puck was like 
was like Watch watching somebody. It was like watching somebody play like juggling with grenades. Yeah. It's like, oh no, this isn't gonna end well. Yeah, I feel for Michael Hutchinson because the Leafs haven't necessarily played well in front of him, but he also hasn't, as you said, given the confidence. He just as like well. the one thing you're asking is like, can you bail us out once? Yeah, he has when been able to he do it. like some of those goals were so soft, like that that Pasternak goal was awful. Yeah, the like the between the legs one. Yeah, which goes five yeah. hole. It's like what? Yeah, like it's not like uh, the Sunny was a Sunny Milano had. The, yeah, that was absurd. That one at least went top corner. You can't pretty much can't stop that. Um, and then the Marshan goal, like he beat him clean. I know yep. it was side to side. That's the one thing is like all those side. It's it's pretty much they know how to beat him. Get him going side to side. He can't get himself set so i i don't like they're gonna have another back-to-back situation uh we know that freddie's gonna play the first half like babcock is not changing his mind it's just it's so annoying i hate it i hate it from the perspective of uh, i forget who said it it might have been somebody on sportsnet today that basically said it perfectly is uh, no back-to-back is created equal. No. it's And these two in particular, where the margin for error in the Atlantic looks smaller than it was last year, where teams, I mean, I mean, we were talking about Buffalo in the same situation last year, but they look good this year again. They're top of the league. Montreal's up there. Florida's not a joke. They <laughs> is Montreal up. up there? I feel like Montreal's uh, in the like standings five, currently. I feel like they're like three or like four points back of the Leafs. Oh, maybe. Well, Montreal's, I mean... They're going to be up there, and they're going to be contending at least for most of the season. I don't think so. I'm Florida retooled, and they'll be better. No, but they were only two points out last year, so, I mean, it's possible. We I'm higher on Florida than I am on Montreal. Yeah, for sure. Um, Montreal's been, like, it's just when there's games that you need to win against teams like this, and the Bostons and the Montreals, like, your best guy has to be in there. So right now, uh, just looking at the standings, Montreal has is four, three, and two through nine games. Uh, so they're two points behind the Leafs with two games, and Leafs ha- the Montreal has two games in hand because you know the NHL so smart with their scheduling. Nobody can get their shit together when it comes to making a balanced schedule. Have the Rangers even played five games yet? They have. The, oh, look at yeah, they, they, they lost seven. all of them, too. <laughs> mm. They started out 2-0, and oh, then big. I think they're like 2-4 and four now. They're 2-4-1 and one now. And they've it's... looked horrendous. They can't score. Uh, nope. Their, their goaltending has had shaky, shakiness. Like, Lundqvist gave they, them they a... Got, sh- they were playing against the Devils, who are actually starting to pick it up a little bit, but they got yeah. dominated against the Devils. That's not good. Um, no. Yeah, I, I'm looking here, and I, I'm looking at the Atlantic. Like, Buffalo's 8-1-1. One, one. Um, Bruins are 6-1-2, and two, uh, and the Leafs are 5-4-2. and two. Then the Panthers are 4-2-3. and three. So that's your, like, the top four. And I, the, the thing is, is, like, I don't want to get too riled up on the beginning of a season because – it is an 82-game season. You can't get too fixated on things that are happening at the beginning. But at the same time, you look at the Leafs, it's not like the Leafs can like flip a switch and hope things are going to turn around. Like, yeah, it may get a bit better when Zach Hyman and Travis Dermott come back. But that's all the Leafs can do. It will. It will get better. I mean, yeah, it's been, it's been such a mixed bag of, like, positives and negatives. The positives are like outside of the Tampa Bay game, they've been they've been in positions to win every single game outside of that game. Five on five has never is not really been the Leafs' issue for the most part because five on five they've been getting the chances. Although against Boston, you want to go into that? That was a problem. Okay. The... <laughs> uh, another like a, a, yeah, another one of the things that's been an issue is the fact that they just are not getting penalties and they're they're just having the softest and dumbest penalties like I don't have an I don't I'm not saying like they're biased to the Leafs because a lot of the Leafs are dumbass penalties 
But, you know, as Ray Farrar was saying, they have a mandate that they're trying to really crack down on those. So they're going to be ticky tacky at the beginning. And then it's going to like everything. It's just going to smooth out over time. Uh, but, you know, right now, just the, the stupid penalties. And it's just been incredible how soft they've looked, like defensively. Like, imagine anybody just coming in on your goalie and going between the legs. Like, I would want him knocked out in the corner. Yeah. Well, it's not just that. It's it's guys that are getting pushed around in front of the net. Guys are being left open in front of the net. Like, I look back at the Columbus game, you know, Matthews get again. I'll bring up the Dubois one. Uh, Marner making the stupid play in the offensive zone where. Sorry, that is my phone. I don't know why. Dave, get on. the phone. Oh, someone get the phone. Holy smokes! Get off the phone. Shout out, somebody in the Morrissey household. Yep, someone think thankfully got it. Um, I don't even know if I can turn that off. Yeah, the ringer is supposed <laughs> to. Just rolling it. Yeah, that's fine. Um. I look at, you know, the Marner turnover. Like, look, that that's not on coaching. That is on Marner making a dumb play, not on paying attention. Hero. So I get the where Babcock needs to maybe crack the whip a bit more, and he certainly did that after the Columbus game where he – did you did you guys watch that press conference at all? No, I didn't. So he pretty much whips out a pay, piece of paper – and he reads off all the penalties the Leafs have taken. Pe- oh, yeah, all the penalties, yeah. Like, that's the first time I've really seen Babcock do something like that. And I feel like now he's like, he, he. I think he's reached the point where, you know, maybe maybe the message that he's saying isn't really getting clear. So you always feel like the, he goes through the media to get that message across when it's not coming across yeah. in the room. Is that the right way to go about it, though? Because, like... Well, if the guys if you need to reach your players through the media, then well, but if you, if the players are playing like this consistently and they're not listening, like I, I guarantee Mike Babcock isn't saying after every game, yeah, you know, good job there, guys, you played the way we expected, they wanted you to play. I'm fe- I I don't think he's doing that. I feel like he's telling them and he's said it. So, I think he's just lost the room to a degree. I mean, I. Th- I I am not a fan. I would I've always said I would love a coaching change, but he has not been helped out by it. I mean, the oh. fact that, that a lot of these players kind of look like they are just not engaged. I don't know I don't know if it's like they were talking about it the other day. Is it just the fact that they've gotten so like beaten down by the fact that the regular season is meaningless until you make the playoffs, considering you're probably playing the same fucking team every year or like it's be- because ever since they've kind of begun to realize are like, okay, we're going to make the playoffs. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when they, they just look like disinterested. They look like a completely different team than the one that was in the playoffs, which looked I thought they deserved to win that series. They just had, you know, their issue was just penalty killing. And mm-hmm. the thing that you look back on, especially with coaching, is it doesn't look like systems have changed, and it doesn't look like the issues that have failed them over the over time have changed at all either. And That's the annoying part. Well, the annoying part is, for me too, is that the guys that look like are trying are the guys that are getting paid. Like, you look at the Kerfoots, the Mikheyev, Trevor Moore. Yeah, that... that... I mean, outside of Barry, Kerfoot looks like he's going to be huge if we end up do making the playoffs and somehow come out of it and he is our third-line center against Boston. I think that would be such an upgrade. I mean, considering a guy that plays over someone yeah. that never plays is always going to be an upgrade, but he, he's he been probably my most impressive uh, player so far. That That entire third line has been incredible. Yeah. And that but that's the problem though. Boston, the best line has been the top line. The Lightning, the top best line has been the top line. The Sabres. Yeah, that that's another thing. Like all these other teams outside of maybe Buffalo, there's been so many issues. Yeah. Like B- Boston, I'm pretty sure Pasternak and Marchand are like 60% of Boston's goals. Like they, goals scored. I won't, not like not like 
uh, assists to goals and stuff no. like that, but actual goals. At one point, David Pasternak had points on 15 of the Bruins' 20, I think 20 or 21 goals. Like, I understand when you have a good, good, a good line, you use that line. But can we, I know they're, they're good, but can you realistically expect them to be producing 60% of that team's offense? It's the same no. thing we said about McDavid and Dreisaitl over in Edmonton. And that's what's happening right now. But, I mean, we have to wait until the league is going to begin to even out over time. It just happens. I mean, Edmonton's not going to lead the league in penalty kill and power play. And they're not going to get, like, nine set, 930 save percentage from Mike Smith. Same with Buffalo. But, I mean... <laughs> Are they going to be close to that? Maybe, maybe not. But it, there's just so many, so many things that are left to answer. It's just so early, and I'm just so tired of all the freaking complaining from <laughs> Leafs fans about shit that's never going to change. And, and we're like, eleven well, games like, into well, the it's season. Stupid. They're like, you think Freddie's going to start the second game of a back-to-back? It's like, no, move on. We're eleven games into the season. This is the part that kills me. We're 11 games into the season and people are already checking out. We're 20 years into a man's coaching career. It's not changing. No, it's not. All right, we're coming out of a timeout. Jake called timeout on the play. Toronto FC are moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. I believe that's it. Hell yeah. So they will play the winner of Atlanta or Philadelphia. So Atlanta. So most likely Atlanta. Um, yeah, so just just to kind of put the rest of the Babcock stuff to rest, uh, we've pretty much have all come to the agreement that Babcock is not going to change. And personally, look, uh, he, whether he makes it through the year or not, it's going to be more on the player's trying to do what he asked than him changing what he's been doing. So his success or his job status is fully dependent on him making it past the first round this season. Nothing yeah. else matters during the regular season. It doesn't. So um, don't, I, I just, I, I'm at a point just like mentally, I'm not going to let the regular season bother me because we already know that the playoffs are what's more important. Also getting there is going to be important too. Um, so that's going to be something that we'll have to watch out for. Um, especially with Dermot and Hyman coming back, they're going to have to make a decision there. Um, so we'll see what Kyle Dubas is going to be doing. That's the part I'm, I'm struggling to understand. Because CJ had that note on uh, headlines saying, Leafs would have to give up the equivalent of four players uh, to make the room cap wise to get Hyman and Dermot back and I'm trying to do the math and trying to figure out what four guys would have to come out to make this work and it's tough because I know I mean Dermot's on an entry level deal so that's that's not an issue it's Hyman's on a what two two and a half what do we say his was Two, it's it's higher than that. It's like two eight seven five or something. It's just short of three. I don't know. Why I didn't look up uh, Hyman's contract before I I said all that. Um, Cat friendly is my friend. Uh, he is making okay load two point two five. Oh wow, that's like really good. Yeah. Um. So he's making two point two five. Right now, um, based on Cap Friendly's projections, the Leafs are at. Let's see, they're at ninety-four million. If you don't, if you don't, if you include the LTIR, because the LTIR is where is it? Where is it? Right now, we have thirteen million on the LTIR. <laughs> That's it. I feel like it's way more. Nope, because let's not forget uh, Tavares is not on the LTIR. Right. So, um, thirteen million that gets them at pretty much. They're at thirteen million six hundred. So that gets them to eighty one point five. 
So yeah, they have to relieve pretty much three million to get Hyman and Dermott back in. So the question is, what do they do to get it, get it down? Because it's I don't think it's as simple. Like, yeah, they'll probably send down Kevin Gravel because he's making seven hundred. Uh, Dermot is making eight six three, so that adds another hundred grand. I just don't know where the money is going to come from. I, I honestly don't. It's going to have to be a trade, I think. There might be a trade coming to move mm. salary. Because people are saying Nick Batan is going to be on the move. Well, Nick Batan is only making 700000 So, you're going to need a lot more than that. Um, and the one player that keeps coming to everyone's thought is uh, Cody Cece. Which. Man, they got. That's another thing. They got to split up that fucking pair. It is awful. So, they either have to do one of two things. You either. I mean, you have to get Cody Cece away from Morgan Riley. You either put Jake Muzzin and Riley together, or. That's, that's what they should do. Or you put Travis Dermott with Raleigh, and I'm not, ha- I'm not a fan of the, the second option because I don't think Dermott coming off the injury should be going right up to playing top four. So I, what I would do is okay. First and foremost, I think Cody CC needs to go. Um, <laughs> like he, he, I don't know what role he's really playing right now. Like, yeah, he's play. The thing is, he's eating up a lot of the penalty kill minutes. I get that. You need to replace that. I think Dermot will eat up some of that. Um, but yeah, like his salary first and foremost four point five. If you can find a team that will take that on, and you, the thing is, you have to sweeten the deal, right? Um, what what would the least have to do to sweeten the deal to get someone to take that? And which team is going to take it? That's the other problem. I don't know. There's a lot of desperate-ass teams. So these are teams that have four and a half and more of cap space. Obviously, Winnipeg with uh, with Bufflin out. They have cap space. Um, L.A. I mean, the Kings. I don't know why the Kings wouldn't consider trying to add assets right now. Um, I don't see the Canadians doing it because they are deemed to be competitive. The Ducks always seem to take on some trashy contracts, but budget-wise, I don't know if they can make that work. Um, Ottawa, well, I mean, we know there's no chance of that. So it's, I would say the best chances are if the Jets are desperate enough for a defenseman, he's that's one option. Colorado, definitely an option, I think, uh, because they have the cap space. Uh, but Columbus is the one that has the most at $8 million in cap space. And I think the, what the Leafs could also potentially do is take back some salary. That's, I think, the, that could be the route to make it work. Because I think that's the only way you're going to offload that contract. Getting a team to take the four, four, the full $4.5 million is a lot to ask. So I think eating up some of the contract will open up the market to other teams to potentially try to grab an asset what asset though would you guys think uh kyle do is be comfortable giving up i don't even know they're so they're so short on assets um i'm i'm honestly not really sure yeah i no idea see the, the problem is so many teams have ltir being used like, it's not like you can call the Arizona Coyotes and be like, hey, man, you want this contract? Because they're actually one of those teams that are right up against the cap. And the only other way I can see that working is if they take, if the Leafs take on one of the Coyotes' contracts. Like, a, if you're trying to make an actual... How do the Coyotes sorry. have any money? Well, the problem is because... Um, like, Jalmerson is on injured reserve, but not on long-term. So, Hosa is on the long-term injured reserve. Um, but you look at their salary. So, they have Kessel. They have Stepan. Schmaltz. They got... Like, they paid some guys. 
recently. That's, and that's what makes it tougher for them. But cap friendly says that they have uh, projected cap hit is 84. And because they have Hosa's salary, which is uh, 5.275, that gets them just under the, uh, they're about a 1.75 million in cap space with the LTIR. So Arizona, everyone's best friend, no longer can be that best friend. And I found Columbus. Um, I don't know how you're not, how you wouldn't consider that. Considering you don't have assets at all. Like, they have no, they have, going into this year, they have, they have their first, but then they only have their first, their fourth, their fifth, sixth, seventh. They don't have any second or third round picks. Well, at least they have their first, though. They do. Um, and I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know where where the where the Leafs are going to fix this because Dermot and Hyman are going to come are going to be ready soon. They they could play this weekend, from what everyone's saying. Uh, I haven't read Elliot Freeman's thirty one thoughts, but I'm assuming he's touched on that at some point, and that's going to be the big thing. Uh, is finding this the room not only just to get the guys back but if you want to do anything else you have to move out stuff and CC's contract is would probably be my number one like we talked about trading Kapanen and I don't know how you can trade Kapanen now that he's been one of your better wingers as of late scoring at least with Tavares that makes it like you can't go too much of taking your depth out but um, they're going to have to figure something out. That's that's simple as that. They're going to have to figure out a way to make space. So won't be fun. Uh, the next two games are against San Jose and Montreal, two teams that have had their struggles. So I'm guessing that's going to be a really tough back-to-back. I mean, San Jose always plays the Leafs tough, uh, especially in Toronto. Although the last time San Jose was in Toronto, that's when Austin Matthews went off in his game in his return from his injury. So that would probably be the best time for Matthews to turn things around. And then going into Montreal, the Leafs have been better in Montreal lately. Um, but the Habs are just one of those teams that have now started to play the Leafs tough. So um, I, I'm, 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 I, I just can't think of what the Leafs can do right now that will make sense to get this kind of turned around. They just got to, it's effort. I mean, for me, it's, it's all effort. Like mm-hmm. it's pretty, pretty embarrassing how piss poor they've looked and how lackadaisical they've looked. Um, but again, I mean, I don't know if that's coaching or if it's just on the fact that the players are just don't look like they're interested. I mean, it's a mixture of both. I mean, you can't just completely go after the coach cause that's just such an easy crutch. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Craig Button said it best. I mean, people were comparing about, or talking about Austin Matthews being one of the best like two-way centers in the league or a top-five player. He, I mean, Craig was harsh, and he said he's he's probably not on the level of Leon Dreisaitl, and I agree. I mean, I I don't think the Oilers are built correctly and a bunch of other things, but the one thing they have, have done over the past – 10 years of failure is getting him at third was an unbelievable still. He might be one of my favorite players. Did you see his backhand sauce? He had an overtime to McDavid. Yeah. Um, at this point, McDavid and Crosby are playing at another level. Like you see, I, I, I was, you bring up McDavid. Have you seen Sidney Crosby? Like the Penguins yeah, are dead in the just, waters. He's right just now. toying with people for fun. Like, I, I thought the Penguins would just sink like a stone. Whew. They have proved me wrong. I mean, now they're playing Tampa tonight, too. I think they think that game's tied, but they they are surprising me. I don't know how they're doing it. It's just the fact that they're leaning on their two elite players. And it's something that the Leafs, you know, they can have excuses about, 
oh, they're missing, you know, Taveras, Hyman, Dermott, and a bunch of other guys. But, like, they have players not at that level, but a tier below, and they have multiple of them. So there should be no excuses. Um, And it's just getting so annoying of all the excuses and blaming and complaining. That's that's probably the only part that I that I despise the most. Austin, you've been pretty quiet. Yes. Um, you are you in agreement with Jake that a big part of it is effort? And look, the Leafs have still have guys like Martin or Matthews you can lean on, but um, those guys just have not stepped up to the mantle yet. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with Jake. It's Listen, we can blame coaching all day. It, the coaches don't play the game. It's, um, I mean, you're a Cowboys fan, Dave. You saw what <laughs> happened to Doug Peterson and um, Lawrence calling him out and saying he needs don't, to shut his ass up because he's not on the field. Don't give Jake a cha- a, an opportunity to talk about the Jets and Cowboys. No, we're please. good. We're good. Please don't. I'm no. just, as an analogy, Mike Babcock is just the guy that tells people to go out and play and makes lines. He, he's not the one that plays the game. So he can write up all the X's and O's he wants. If the players aren't executing his game plan or just not flat out not trying up to their ability, then it doesn't matter. And the NHL is, um, quite frankly, the NBA is very skill-based. The NHL, you need, you, skill is important. That effort is almost just as important as having skill. You saw it with a team like Columbus, where they're not as skilled as the Maple Leafs, but they skated them into the ground, and they cycled, and they played tough, and they won. Yeah. I think you bring up a really good point. In like the NBA, it's driven by the star talent. The gritty, scratchy claw guys don't exactly – they help push certain teams over the edge, but they're not the forefront. Um, although Kawhi Leonard looked really good against, against the Lakers. Uh, just, just put that out there. Um, but, yeah, I, I look at, at the teams that win. Like Crosby – as talented as the guy is, will lean on guys, will grind out shifts. He knows what it takes to win. And right now, um, yeah, Austin, you're right. Like, Babcock does not play the game. Sure, it, could he do better with his in-game adjustments? Sure, but if the players aren't playing to the level that he needs them to play at, there's, then what adjustments can he realistically make? And Freeman, I, I just read one line in, in 31 Thoughts. He says, the one thing that I think that gets overlooked about Babcock, he takes a lot of heat. And I don't know many other coaches that can put up with the amount of None. Heat. No, none. Look, Ron Wilson, Ron, Ron Wilson couldn't do it. Randy Carlisle couldn't do it. Uh, Paul Maurice, to a certain degree, did it, but really couldn't do it. I think the last Leafs coach, in my opinion, that could really handle the pressure of like this media and all the scrutiny was Pat Quinn. Cause Pat Quinn was not afraid to, to go back at people. He had that, that tough mentality that you need from head coach. So Babcock, the one thing I will give him credit for is he hasn't let this fully, he hasn't had the mental breakdowns we've seen from guys in the past. He's been able to keep it together and not look like a panicked coach behind the bench. Because we've seen it, like I, I we, we, how many times were we calling for like Randy Carlisle was just like, even Peter Horacek, my God, remember, what, what did huh. he, he once said, what was the quote? Our give a shit meter, he was saying like our give a shit yep. meter was so low. was low, yep. like, guys, I know we don't, we're not all the biggest Babcock fans, he, he drives us nuts. He, but, he's gotten a rough ride. Yeah, he has. Since he has taken over, and since he has been brought here, minus the first year, he's been under a, the most scrutiny I've seen a Leafs coach be uh, in in a long time. So, um, it's something we have to deal with. I think the players just have to play better. Jake's right. If the players play better. You get better goaltending, especially from your backup. You're not, we're not talking about the Leafs, you know, struggling as much. We're talking about how the Leafs are keeping games pretty close. So uh, that's all I really have to say about that. Um, 
probably the next time we talk, the Leafs will finish off another back-to-back. Most likely, I don't even do they even have another back-to-back going forward? That's the big part. Um, let me just quickly look. They probably they probably have like fifteen more. Well, because they they have the back-to-back with uh, Montreal and San Jose, then they welcome the Capitals. So then they have that, but then they have a nice little two. So they play the Capitals on the Tuesday. Then they, oh, look, they have some time off. They go from the Tuesday against the Capitals to Saturday in Philadelphia. Then they have, um, then they welcome the Kings. So they got some easier matchups with, you know, the Flyers, the Kings. Uh, they got the Golden Knights. That won't be easy. Um, but they're, their next back-to-back won't be until the 9th and 10th of November. So, if that, uh, if you want to say anything about that, and I think the 9th, 10th is a Saturday, Sunday. Ooh, Chicago on a Sunday evening. <laughs> Remember the last time the Leafs and Blackhawks played on a Sunday evening? That was the Austin Matthews. As and people can't see this, but I'm going like this, Austin and Jake putting up the ear with the Austin Matthews goal celebration. Yeah, so um, the Leafs won't have a back-to-back for another three week until for another three weeks. So in three weeks, if, I, if my math is correct, so they can use that time to maybe get some extra practice in, and we'll see if the roster changes at any point. That will be something to watch for. That being said, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Tip of the Tower podcast. Thank you for putting up with us. Um, it's never easy. I know. But you can listen to the podcast on anywhere where you get your podcasts. Google Play, Apple Podcasts. That what they call it, Apple Podcasts, or just on iTunes. Um, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And we will catch you guys next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.